sending me keep on sending them I, I enjoy them I want to see where you're at and what it is that excites you and you would like to know more about or questions you'd like me to answer you can email me at t-a-l-a-i-b-r-a-8888 at gmail.com and I will be able to respond I don't think I'm as bogged down with that so we're good we're good let's keep going all right a big part of being a therapist that I, I take more seriously than ever, and I, I don't really learn this part in school, it's almost skimmed over when it comes to self-care. It's pretty important as a therapist to always work on myself and always maintain my side of the house clean because it is my lens that helps walk other people to clarity right? It is through my clarity with myself and being in tune with myself that I can help another person walk wherever they need to go. This is really, really important because let's say a person walks in and and describes their world in a way where it's like, you know, my life is pretty bad. My husband is, it, it is terrible to me and I just uh, have no choice. I think this world sucks and uh, I have no way out. Okay, so let's say I haven't done work on myself and I hear this, right? And I may perceive the world in a similar way. Then when she says that, basically she dropped the ball in front of me and I'm not going to help her pick it up because I'm, I'm thinking the same way. And I'm like, hey, you know what? The life is pretty bad. We just have to deal with life being bad. What? Like that's all I got. But that's not the case with me. I have to maintain my own clarity and I have to be tuned in within in order for me to not get involved or not believe or even better, to see that your reality is not reality and you want me to see that because most people come in and they want to be understood and heard. I get that part. I get that part, but it's not going to do much for you if you stay there. Because if it's causing you problems, then I want to I want to help you get to a place where you you find a way out, that you have options, and that you're able to see them. But wherever you're at right now, and the way you're solving your problem is not currently working. So, I it's good that my gauge is a little more in tune. So this way, I don't just let the ball drop. I'm hearing it, and it makes me cringe when you talk about yourself that way or talk about the experience that you're having that way in, in the world. And this dynamic, this interaction I just told you about is how I catch where I need to help you or where you need this interruption of your thinking pattern. It's become easy through the years for me to do that 
because again, as long as I stay in tune and follow my, my own clarity within and keep that in tune, keep that lens kind of cal- calibrated properly, then in no way am I going to think your reality is my reality. And then we're just both sitting in this trauma and then make this therapy session about me. No, no, no. You are the center of my attention and I'm fully emotionally available to you because I'm all set up and with self-acceptance on the inside. This is all to explain what I'm about to explain next because people talk a lot about how they experience and how they perceive their world. And the way they perceive their reality is not necessarily the truth, but it is how they verbalize their experience. And when I point phrases that people say out back to them and I just try to present it to them, they often tell me, oh, it's not what I meant to say but it is what you meant to say. And let me tell you why. In the field of graphology, which is the study of handwriting analysis, they say that if you lost both of your arms and you're not able to write, of course, with your hands, you're going to use your feet. And if you use your feet, you'll be able to write with the same handwriting and will have the same characteristics as if you would writing with your hand. And the reason why is because you write with your brain. Now I heard this or read this a few years ago and it stayed with me. And in therapy, I use this often because I figured out that people talk with their brain too. (laughs) They just do the same patterns, just kind of like in handwriting. They do the same patterns with their language. It's pretty loud and clear to me. It's not clear to them. But because my gauge is tuned in a little different, that I can point out what could be a problem or what the way they describe their world, the the words that they're using, and how much maybe self-limiting they may be, that's the benefit of that. And then from that, I point that out, that their brain is just doing all this work, and if you don't want to do it, then please retrain that brain. It almost seems obvious, right, that we talk with our brain, but what I really mean is we just keep saying the same words, talking about our life in the same way, telling the same story in the same way that we get stuck to that story. Even sometimes as simple as when we get asked in the morning, how are you doing? A lot of us will just say things like, oh, you know, same old, same old. Oh, I got a case of the Mondays. Oh, the weekend wasn't long enough. Like all these rules, all these different statements that we describe our experience, basically implying that I'm just lacking something, that I'm not really enjoying life. I'm wishing things were different and my expectations are not met and I'm just sitting in dissatisfaction. And I keep retelling the story. Hell, people keep saying this stuff often that even if they are having a great time and they've had a great weekend and they're just ready to go back to work, they'll say, it's just work. I've had had a case on the Mondays. I had a case. So people are going to probably ask me, Tala, well, what do I say? Like, if that's not what I feel, what do I say? Well, let me go back to graphology. And again, graphology is a study of handwriting. And what handwriting means and what the letters and how you write them mean. Usually it's, it's based on the cursive mostly. And in, in this sort of study, there is a theory that, because sometimes your handwriting can show certain personality traits, like perhaps you could be highly self-critical or you could be judgmental of others or you could be deceptive in some way 
or you can have a negative outlook on life or a negative outlook on your future. And if you want to change that, you have to just be able to change those certain patterns within your writing to help you change how you live or how you think. Okay. So I like this idea. I hope you're following me because we're going to go back to the brain and how we describe our world. Again, we talk with our brain. So my biggest bang for the buck, if I want to, if I want to change quickly and if I want to start doing things differently, I don't care if I believe it because that's the immature way of looking at growth is that I got to believe it before I start doing it. Oh, stop. We, we can, we can do it in a more evolved, mature way. All you need to do in order for you to change patterns within your thinking and how you describe your world is change the way you describe your world. So come Monday, if somebody asks you, how's your day going? Always good. Thanks. So I'm saying it, right? I keep saying it. And in my mind, if I'm really working on it, then my brain is exercising by going to a place it doesn't usually go, which is, hey, it's always good. Yeah, it's always good. And you can entertain that thought. It can take that momentum and keep going forward. But unfortunately, when we go on Monday and say, oh, my weekend wasn't long enough, that also starts a different type of pathway or momentum and it will bring in other thoughts. So how you start talking about your world will significantly change. And many people will be like, well, but that's not the truth. It's not how I feel. Listen, if you got to tell people how you feel and you think it is so true, I'm just wondering, do you want people to feel sorry for you? Like if that's, if that's what you want, I get it. I get it. You, you're a fan of that kind of attention. I get it. Then keep talking about your world that way so people can come and save you or you can take more control, right? And more self-love and more self-nurture and start doing things differently because change, my friends, really mean change. We're not joking around here. It really means change. I got to go into the unknown, meaning it's going to be uncomfortable. So I'll say stuff now that I really want to become. I will produce words and describe my life in the way I want it to be, period. So I won't say stuff like, oh, I have a case of the Mondays. No, I'll say things like, you know what? I don't even notice it's a Monday. Oh, it's a Monday? Cool. Let's just keep going. It's another new day. That's all I'm seeing. Fresh start. Another day to live. Beautiful. I can breathe. Beautiful. So many reasons to enjoy your life. But if I'm like, another case of the Mondays, I mean, what am I showing people here? What do I want from them when I tell them out loud like that, right? What do I want from them? And why I'm being harsh with you on this one is because I want to make sure I kind of dismantle this idea that I got to be truthful. So I guess truth only sounds truthful when it's pessimistic or when it has a negative outlook on the world. It can't be truthful when I'm saying, you know what? Yeah, it's all good. Works with me. I'm going with the flow. What works with me? I'm just fine. That can't be truthful to you. If that can be truthful to you, you have to ask yourself, what are you tuned into on the inside? Is your gauge set to the best case scenario or is it set to self-defeat? Am I talking to myself on the inside as my best friend or am I my worst enemy when thick and thin occur? That's what I want to ask you. That's what I want you to reflect on. It makes a difference how you talk about your world. And people say stuff and they're like, I didn't mean to say it that way. Well, what did you mean? What did you mean? Going back to the self-defeat, and I'm hearing this more often. Like today I had somebody drinking a soda from a can. So it was one of my patients. And then he started moving the, the can around. I mean, that's all I noticed, right? We're talking. He's doing that. And all of a sudden he apologizes and says, I'm so sorry. I just don't want you to think that I'm not listening to you. <laughs> and I thought, what? What, 
what what happened? Like, why, why would you think that? This person felt free. It's normal to him to go into my mind <laughs> and to be my psychic friend and to determine what it is I think about and what I'm thinking and how I'm judging him. Now, all this was not about me, obviously. It was about him. And it was a great opportunity for me to use that example. Oh my God, you should have seen what happened. I just basically, it was so, just such a teachable moment for all of us, really, because he just said it. And I'm like, why did you apologize? Not only that, why do you assume that somebody else is judging you? Why would your mind go to that? Why are we in this self-defeating thought, self-punishing, like my intentions are no good and I'm not to be trusted and obviously I have to explain myself to death to people. Why do we need to do that? So when I start assuming things about another person, you really have to start thinking, would I do the same? (laughs) Is that why I'm assuming they would do it? So in a lot of ways... Am I judging other people? Would I judge other people and assume that they're not listening to me if they're touching their face or moving a can? Would I think that that way of them? Obviously, I am because I'm judging them that way. Uh, Again, I'm not judging them on their frame of reference. I'm using my frame of reference to look at them and judge them. So, of course, he apologized not knowing really or not even caring how I felt on the inside. He just in, interpreted that for me. And I asked him that. And I said, why did, why did you do that? And he said, well, it's an act of humility, isn't it? And I said, no, it is not. Because you're judging me, judging you. I, and I don't think that's compassionate. I mean, you thinking that I'm judging you, right? But all of it in jest, because I just kind of like use humor in order for you to get comfortable and really dismantle this belief that you have, that if I am... If I go that far into reading your thoughts and I'm basically saying that you're judging me (laughs) and thinking I'm not listening to you and you're thinking that's real, right? In your world, that's real. Can you imagine how many times a day we do that to people and how how many times we possibly could misunderstand a human being and how easily we can delve into that? Even ask yourself, am I really listening to someone when I'm really listening to them? (laughs) Am I really listening to them or I'm hearing other stuff? And it's tricky because it tells me a lot about people's intentions too. Like what do they think about themselves? If they think they're good or not good, and I have to use this dualistic thing way to explain it because that's how people understand it, good or bad, you know? So I have to use them even though I really don't believe in that. I just believe, hey, your intentions are good always as a human being, but you are human. And with humans come flawed beliefs, flawed responses, and that's humanity. That's a, that's all spectrum of humanity. So going back to how this can go wrong is just about a few days ago, I went up to someone and it was just, it's part of the job, right? I go up to someone and I'm saying, I'm, I'm letting them know about, I'm giving them a heads up. It was truly a heads up. Good intentioned. <laughs> I know my intentions are good today, so I don't need to defend them to anyone. And I'll explain why I just said that. So I said to that person, I said, Hey, heads up. There's phone calls that, that were not made. And that person kind of got offended, got defensive. And how I know that is because their physical demeanor changed, not only that, but they just automatically said right away, you know, it, it doesn't really matter. And they made a defensive like little uh, fib to uh, kind of deflect the problem off of them or taking responsibility for them. And it was just very defensive. And I, I was looking at it like, I was like, what, what just happened here? Like that was totally not about me at all. But that person was looking at me with suspicion. 
Even though I was, my intention was giving that person a heads up. I mean, well, I want them to succeed. Like there's no way I'm not trying to sabotage anything for them, but this is the way they perceive their world. Interestingly enough, if they thought my intentions are not to be trusted and that's where their mind automatically went to that that person is not to be trusted and they don't really mean what they're saying, whatever reason he reacted for or perceived a threat in, whatever assumption he made basically was all his frame of reference. So that means more than likely that person looking at me with suspicions mean that and all the judgments he probably made about me and what I said is really about him. He would do those things to other people. That's why he would believe that it could be done to him. Do you get me? Whenever I ask people like, why did you think that? Well, most people tell me, well, doesn't everybody do that? Doesn't everybody judge other people? And this is what they're thinking. And and I'm telling them, no, 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 everybody doesn't. And when they do do it, what frame of reference are you using that you think you're so darn accurate? Are we misunderstanding people in front of us or are we really giving them the full benefit of the doubt because it takes practice, a lot of self work and taking responsibility for my own thinking patterns in order for me to really be able to discern between what people are actually saying versus what I think they're saying. They're two different things. (laughs) Whatever this person thought I was saying was not the same thing I was saying. You get what I'm saying? But again, I'm not offended by it, but it tells me where that person is at emotionally. It tells me that person has a lot of work that they need to do within them and possibly that they believe they're not to be trusted, which is why they will know that frame of reference so well to judge another person with that. So be careful with that. If you look at people and you are telling yourself things like, this person is not to be trusted and you don't even know them. They're not to be trusted, blah, blah, blah. And you're already making quick assumptions. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. It's about you. It ain't about them. Their intentions are probably very much unknown to you. And they're most, more than likely people are well-intentioned. So to be able to generalize all people are no good, that that means that you know this like you know this like you know this. And how do you know this so well? Is because the source of the information, which would be you, is not that kind. Okay? So I want to make that very clear that it's just not compassionate. Please, you guys, please give yourself a good chance in life. For example, that person really did not allow goodness to come in because I offered goodness to that person. I offered heads up and assistance. And this person completely rejected it with the way they were defensive. They did not even perceive it as an option. (laughs) And I mean, that's... I mean, to the, I mean, that's insane, right? Because, hey, I want good things, but are you ready to receive them or will you look at good things with suspicion? Is that where your mind goes first? Please check it. Make sure that it is cleaned up in there. That's why I talked about my gauge. Now you see, because my gauge has to be clean. So when I hear another patient, I'm really listening to them. I'm really catching what they're saying about their life and about their world and their experience in that world and in their life. It means a lot to me. I hope this makes sense because I want you to get this healing. And when we look at people like that, we're really not going to allow goodness to come in. I mean, it's, it's like a risk taking thing for you. If that's what you're looking at, I felt really 
compassionate for that person. In no way did I feel offended at all. Because I think that if goodness comes to that person, they will reject it. They will look at it with suspicion and they will dirty it up. I don't want anybody to go through that, you guys. I want us to heal that. All of us. All of us. And if you have a problem and you're resisting, which means I'm resisting something that is happening in front of me, that's what a problem is, okay? I'm resisting the facts here. I need us to get right with the facts and not do anything extra to them. Just learn self-acceptance here and acceptance of our life as it is. Going with the flow and learning to accept what I'm looking at. And then when I do that, then I don't need other people to, like I always say, extinguish my fires. I'm good. It's less likely for me to act in defensiveness or to accuse you of stuff or to misunderstand you when my gauge is clear. And I know that I have a habit of thinking of people in a certain way. And it's it's usually th- like I'm threatened by that. And, and I need to heal that. And more than likely, my first go-to thought is not going to be the kindest to me or them. And so I need to not go with that first thought. I need to start looking at it with discernment. I need to start looking at it and peeling those layers and truly understanding why I think like that. Because it will stop goodness from coming in, people. It sure will. It sure will. Like I was literally trying to help this person and they rejected it. (laughs) I'm laughing because it's sad. It's sad. Sad. So how you describe your world, my friend, I'm going to hear it. I'm going to hear it loud and clear. It's not a mistake because you write with your brain and you talk with your brain. And because you do that, it is going to come out always how you mean it. And most of the time, verbally, when you're saying it to another person, you're trying to clean it up. So imagine what el- what else is happening in your brain that you're not cleaning up <laughs> between you and you. Yeah. So let's get started on cleaning house within. And do I sound self-defeating? Do I sound self-shaming, self-guilting? Or am I my best friend within? And because I am my, I think my intentions are good and always good. It is very common for me very common for me, I'm telling you this, okay, that I will think your intentions are good too. Because I believe that. I believe that my intentions are good and it took me a while to really believe and trust myself on my intentions. And before, I would have to fight with you about it because I didn't add an insecurity about it. And if you said something that I perceived as as putting me down, oh my God, I probably would have just pounced on you like a tiger. But the good news today is that you're not in any danger of that. <laughs> because on the inside, I always think, no matter what, you have good intentions on the inside. But you may be suffering. And I understand that suffering because I was there. And I look at people with more compassion today. A lot more than I had before. For sure. I went through it myself. So, yeah. Yeah, it can go both ways. I can believe all my intentions are good and I give that back to you or I think my intentions are no good and I could be manipulative and conniving and suspicious and not to be trusted on the inside. And that's exactly my go-to when I see you too. No matter what you do, you're set up to fail in my presence, you know, if if I'm going that route. So you got options here, friends. I hope you know that. I love you guys so much and... I'm wishing that you guys are all out there sitting in peace and enjoying the hell out of your life. I'm sending you love, light, and most certainly the benefit of the doubt. This has been an episode of Drive Through.